Hey, welcome everybody. You have found Call to Order, a weekly podcast on military veteran hiring. I'm your host, Dave Lemkul. I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am crazy excited today. I'm going to tell the story about how you know my guest and I got connected. Uh, but first, I'm going to let Rich Cardona, head of Rich Cardona Media, introduce himself. And we're going to get into this because I don't, I don't want to waste a second of anybody's time especially Rich's and yours. And I want everybody to understand his story, what he brings, and really where he's going, because I'm I'm way excited if you couldn't tell. So, Rich, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me on, and, and thanks for the flexibility. Uh, I think when we initially decided to do this, I was, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm in the middle of a move. Maybe it's not a great idea. And I didn't even realize I was in, I'm right by you. I'm in Wilmington now. Uh, so yeah. we're close by, but, um, but yeah, um, really quick about me and I don't like to waste time either. 17 year, uh, career in the Marine Corps. I started out enlisted, finished out as, uh, obviously as an officer, I was a captain, a uh, Huey pilot. And I, I swear, I thought I had everything lined up for an immaculate transition <laughs> that turned out not to be the case. And uh, throughout the course of uh, some of my endeavors, uh, not only finding, uh, you know, the right work or work that I thought suited me, uh, also I found out what didn't suit me in the kind of traditional workplace and decided to start my own company with no business plan, with nothing (laughs) except the desire uh, to succeed and fulfill an unmet need uh, to people out there. And so far... So good. Everything has been fantastic, and I wouldn't have done it any other way. No, it, it, I mean, your story, and we're going to get into it, and, and you're downplaying a lot of your story, and, and I get your modest, <laughs> and y'all, you know, 100%, man. But, you know, we got connected. I reached out. I saw your, um, I want to say it's your second meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk, who, for those of you yeah. who don't know, is a marketing guru, entrepreneur. If you don't follow him on LinkedIn, he is a tremendous follow in terms of his content. Yeah. But I saw your I saw your sit down with him and I was I was so yeah. intrigued. I'm sitting in my car, which I think you're sitting in, in yours right now. I was sitting in my car with my daughter's <laughs> soccer practice and I went, Rich, this is Dave. You don't know me, but you know what? Could you come on and share your story? Because I think it's great. And you yeah. came back and said, well, if you think it'll add value, I was like, yes. I was like, yes, it is tremendously intriguing. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to go with it. But again, thank you for being on. So, of course, with, you know, with that, and first off, I just want to give people a peek behind the curtain. You know, you're out there on social media. You're a great follower as well. Some of your stuff is really, really intriguing in terms of what you're doing. But a peek behind the curtain, you just moved, right? So, yep. Holiday season, this probably won't be released until January, but holiday season, mm-hmm. are you a, like, lights-in-the-front-yard person? Are you, like, a blow-up, uh, you know, big reindeer guy? Like, like what's your style for the decorations? <laughs> I am only thinking, when am I going to have the time to set up my office? Is <laughs> I, I, I think we unpacked some Christmas stuff last night with the Christmas trees up and we do fake. So don't hate me if you love okay. real trees. Okay. Um, and it's, and it's only like the top half of the tree has the lights working. And my wife's <laughs> like, well, we, we got to figure this out. And I said, no, like I'm not going to go through every bulb, 
I'm just going to get some colored lights and this tree's going to be half and half. And her face was priceless in the wrong way. So uh, I swear <laughs> I don't even care about the front yard. I, I really want to get my office, my haven set up um, because my COO is in town or lives here as well. So she and I, uh, I just want to have a, a good space. So that's, that's probably priority number one. That's my Christmas. Is, is All right, we're gonna we're gonna go with we're gonna go with the office first. But seeing the tree half lit up and half not, uh, and then saying, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap some lights around this, and they're different colors. Yeah. We're good. Is that's gonna yeah. make me chuckle on the way home for a while? But that's yeah. That's I, I, good. I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture. I always like. Hey, you do. You do. Put that out there. <laughs> I always like a peek behind the curtain, right? Lots of stuff that people think. You know, we're all, you know, there's people out there that have no flaws and there's no hurdles and there's no hiccups. Man, we all have those hiccups, right? And it's it's always yeah. it's always good to hear the real life, you know, stuff out there. So thanks for sharing. But speaking yeah. of speaking of hurdles, right? So a lot of the people that listen here are you know, folks that are looking to hire a military, maybe some folks that are are in that transition, and you had, you know, some really, really interesting facets to how you end up right now. And you started off Marine Corps, you know, go back and get the degree and you do 17 years, which is that the first question, and let's be honest, first question, if you see it, if you're hiring or are you just looking at it, you go, Hey, 17 years, like what, you know, what happened? Right. So let's kind of start there with that piece. <laughs> I, yeah, let's start there. I, I think regardless, it, it demonstrates staying power. Um, you know, so, so that's a good sign, uh, I think for people, well, I thought at least a good sign for people who are hiring, but for me, this, you want to see behind the curtain, I decided to get out at 17. I took an early retirement because I always joke about this, but I'm not joking at the same time. The Marine Corps right. doesn't have a recruiting problem. So, um, right. you know, that being said, like, they're just like, we have this incentive. We have this incentive. They're not trying to force you out, but the options there, if you're between 15 and 20 years, uh, sure. At the time, there was a temporary early retirement authority was called. So I took it. And the reason I took it is because uh, I had a medical condition that took me out of flying. I was doing kind of an obscure job, uh, but I loved it and, uh, as a legal officer. And I kind of saw what was going to happen. I, I knew at any given moment someone was going to say, hey, Captain Cardona, we got orders for you to random bill USA or overseas. Uh, and all this other stuff. So I was, I, this was, this was, this is huge for me because it was when I decided that I was going to start making decisions on my own, so to speak. I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. So that being said, I decided to take the early retirement. I was halfway through my MBA and I was like, I am really going to be super marketable. I'm going to be so marketable for everyone out there. I, I really thought I had it together. Um, so, so yeah, got out at 17 years. Oh, here's the behind the curtain part. I was in San Diego. I had a great house that I got a great deal on because the gentleman was an old retired Marine. I mean, it was crazy at the open house, at the open house, he pulled my realtor aside and said, I normally wouldn't do this, but I wanted to sell it to that guy. And <laughs> we, and, and the counter offer was I had to keep the water conditioner. I said, <laughs> I, I guess so. So, uh, I, I had this wonderful place in San Diego. Um, I, I was where I wanted to be. I had achieved what I thought I could achieve, you know, in the Marine Corps. And I was preparing for my transition religiously. And that was it. Uh, so, so I did that. And, and then I kind of end up uh, in, in a lot of situations like a lot of veterans do, which is what 
am I doing and why is no one talking to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was awful. It was awful. It was uh, disorienting. And, and look, I, I, I felt like I had a leg up. Um, I had demonstrated that, look, I, I started out in the lowest possible rung of rank structure in the Marine Corps. I got my way all, all the way up to being a commissioned officer. I have my MBA or in the middle of getting my MBA. And, uh, you know, I thought like I, there was a point where I thought, Dave, like who, who wouldn't want me? And I don't mean it narcissistically. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I really crafted some great things here. And ultimately, I, I would say I'll end with this point, which is even though I, I certainly was prepared and I had a lot of people invested in my success, I didn't actually know what the hell I wanted to do. And that comes across very tangibly to some of the listeners out there, some of the audiences mm-hmm. out there, which where, yeah. where you're like, I'm not sure if this guy or gal actually wants to do this. And I don't want someone who's half in, half out. Um, mm-hmm. So I understand the reluctance. So, so that was a big part. I probably came across as charismatic and enthusiastic and I will work hard and leadership and leadership and blah, blah, blah. But it, it, I didn't know what I wanted. And because of that, um, I think we all end up in the same situation. Uh, many of us do, which is, I'll take what I could get. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, it's a tough one, right? I don't think there's no preparation. You can do an immense amount of preparation. You can do years of preparation, but it, until that day comes, right? It's a, it's a scary piece. And, you know, you're gonna, I don't think any amount of preparation, you still may have a hiccup along the way. You probably will have a mm-hmm. hiccup along the way, right? It's just, Correct. it's just one of those pieces. Now, you know, a lot of times, you know, you talk to a lot of people and I think, you know, we talk to, I talk to companies all the time about, you know, how to interview military veterans. It's different than industry experienced professionals. You have to kind of draw out a little bit in terms of what they've done and, you know, kind of how they see it applying. So let me ask you that. If you're looking mm-hmm. back, you have 17 years in the Marine Corps, you know, and you have your own, you have your own business now and we're going to get into what 2020 holds and kind of what you're you're forecasting and, and dreaming of and i really want to hear that but if you're yeah. if you're interviewing you know rich cardona from as you were just transitioning out what would you ask them to kind of understand if they're a fit for the organization and if they have what it takes to kind of you know fit your company what do you hate doing okay love to have been asked that question um you know there's there's a lot and 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 here's the reason why we do so much uh you know in uniform not not that we hate doing maybe that's strong but we we do things because we do the right things for the right reasons uh you know we volunteered for this we i mean i was a the the president of the motorcycle safety club you know i mean at you know when i was at, at the squadron you have so many different things dropped in your lap, which makes you very flexible and adaptable in terms of your skill sets. But that's not necessarily a good thing on the outside. So what do you hate doing or what do you not, are you not intrigued about? Uh, what accomplishments of yours are you not intrigued by? And the reason I even mentioned the Motorcycle Safety Club is because I was like, I got our you know, uh, incident percentage down from here to here. I ran these meetings and blah, 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 blah. But like that really didn't mean anything to me. So when you look at the canvas of everything that you've done, you need to hone in on what you love doing the most 
and try and focus on that as much as possible. Now, obviously, there's going to be spillover into, uh, you know, collateral duties and, and these types of things. And those are probably good mentions for the interview in terms of, well, th there's diversity. I once was a, oh God, I, I forget. I don't even remember the name of this billet, but I was in charge of burning certain things in Afghanistan. And I'd go to this burn pit with an enlisted Marine and we would just like do this stuff. I forget exactly what it was, but that is like ridiculous. I mean, I have no idea why I was doing any of that stuff, but I did it and that was it. But I did it and I did it well. Everything was good procedural. So that might be something I could mention in an interview. Be like, wow, I've had a lot of different, I've, I've been taught and I learned how to execute in a million different areas. But my core mm -hmm. focus is operations or my core focus is logistics. Mm -hmm. My core focus is aviation. I knew I didn't want to be an aviator. I didn't even know if I could fly again anyway with my medical condition. So you have to know. So ask yourself before someone finds out for you what you don't like to do. If you don't want to be outside all day, if you don't want to be in a warehouse all day, if mm -hmm. you have ideas of a work-life harmony that you expect. And, and I just want to one quick thing on that work-life balance is, is, is very unique to everyone. Uh, I used to think I knew what work-life balance was. And I used to think I knew what people were. I, I used to think I knew who people, people who were neglecting their families or overworking or not working enough, but you know what? It's unique to everybody. So mm -hmm. anyway, that being said, you should certainly have an idea of, of these fundamental pieces and that will help people help you, but you have to know what you don't want to do because that is going to be the natural process of elimination for you in terms of seeking out, you know, that first or second job when you're out. Yeah. I love it. You know what? I never thought of the question. I really haven't. And it's a, it's a, it's a mindset question, right? Understanding what's going to make you happy at work. And it's the best advice, you know, my parents ever gave me was have fun at work. Success will follow. And, and that's mm -hmm. really what, that's really, you know, my That's transition true. out of the service was nine years. A lot of people looked at me the same, you know, like, hey, Dave, you have, you know, 11 years to go to retirement. And I, the only thing I could say to him was I, you know, I stopped having fun. And it didn't take away from mm -hmm. my nine years. I just stopped having mm -hmm. fun. And I just wanted yep. to move on to something else, right? And I think that's a big piece of it is, you know, understand, even though the military gives you structure and gives you, you have to do this. You're right. There's a lot of things that it exposes you to. Now tell me what you didn't like. Okay. Let's narrow the playing field. That's a great question yeah. for, you know, a company out there as well. Hey, if you're interviewing yeah. a military veteran, ask them what they didn't like about, you know, the position and see what they say. It's going to be an honest, and it's going to be an honest answer and it's going to get you to the real I heart of the person. I agree. And I, I want to add one thing. And that is if I truly am a company out there who wants to hire veterans, that right there is going to help, help them trust you a little bit more. And what I mean by sure. that is, well, in this actual position, you would be doing a lot of that. So maybe we should talk to so-and-so downstream or in this other department, because it sounds like you might be a better fit there, which to me, I will tell you this right now, if that ever happened to me, I would have enormous faith in the ability of these people to value me for the various skill sets I've had and to try and place me in a position to help the company as much as possible. And that was something that kind of didn't happen. And that's fine. A lot of it's on me, but you know, there is a, we, we need someone we feel like we could trust because we, 
you know, when you get out, it's just kind of, you're just unsure. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, you could tell in an interview, like, oh, like how much should I share? How much shouldn't I share? Like, do I need to say the right thing? Like, how, how well do I have to craft this answer or can I be transparent? Are they being transparent with me? Are they asking me a question that they just have to ask? Do they even care? Um, all these things really tie up into the fundamental piece of having that kind of relationship or, you know, relationship with a potential employee. And this is, it's trust period. It's, and it's so hard. I don't think when I transitioned out, I would have realized that, but what you're saying right now is, and we see some of you know the companies that we work with are exceptional at this. Somebody will come mm-hmm. in and, and it could be for a sales role. And I do want to get into sales and your, you know, perspective on sales slash military, you know, veteran, because obviously that's a big piece of what you do now. But mm-hmm. if I come in for an interview with a sales role and I interview with the VP of sales and that person looks at me and goes, you know what? You're not a right fit for this, but I wanted to introduce you to my logistics department here next week. I want you to have the conversation with them. Most people, and I would have too, you know, during a transition, would walk away with a negative feeling going, hey, the interview didn't go well, and I got referred to somebody else. Whereas yeah. the mindset should be, A, man, I just got referred into something that this company thinks I'm going to be really good at, or at least a conversation of. And then B, from a company perspective, that is a best practice. That's what you should do. Yes. Yeah. That's what you that's what you should do if they're not right for your seat on the bus, and I hate to go all cliche, but if they're not right for your seat on the bus, maybe they're they're a great fit for that organization over there, but still on the same bus as the company. Yep. Yeah. I so, I I am aligned with that hundred percent. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So let's talk about that piece now, right? So you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is, you know, it's easy to say, okay, I did logistics in the military. I'm going to do logistics in the civilian sector. I'm going to do, you know, operation and project management, even though it's not quite the same, but you know what? I can make the transition. I'm going to be a commercial construction and a project manager. And then those things translate. And then we have companies who are looking for sales and you mentioned sales to a lot of military veterans, and they go, whoa, 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 right? Hang on. That's not, that's not what I do, you know, Dave. No, no. That's not what I do, yeah. right? And yeah. yet you talk to a person, and you go, wait a second. You are – you don't know it yet, but you can be really good at it, you know, if you, if you give it a chance. But so I want to hear your perspective. You come out with 17 years in the, in the Marine Corps. Did you ever uh-huh. think you were going to be in a sales role or entrepreneurial oh, no. role? Uh, so, so I will, I will say this, I am very divided on sales positions for service members that are transitioning. It could go one of two ways. And this is, this is, you you know, I, like I asked you, if you think I could add value, this, this is me feeling like I'm adding value. One of two things is going to happen. You are going to get offered some BS entry level sales job because people know that you need something right now. People can smell it a mile away. They might not have the great company culture. They may have no actual plan for you to crush it, but sales drives everything. It took me forever to realize that sales, sales provide the paychecks for the company. I mean, it's really as simple as that. So, so anyway, that being said, there's a lot of, I would say, um, 
disingenuous offers out there for veterans and, and sales roles. And, you know, rightfully so, you can walk away. If it, sound, if it sounds right, if it sounds off, feels off, smells off, then, then, you know, of course, walk away. Now, on the flip side to that, it is an enormous, enormous requisite for the lifeline of any company that has a desire to thrive. I mean, I literally, you can't, I mean, there's no examples I can think of in which sales isn't a pivotal part. Um, So that being said, if you have the ability technically to understand a product or a service and just kind of use, you know, your aptitude in that regard. um, And the big and is if you have emotional intelligence, then you can and likely will thrive in mm-hmm. a sales role. But mm-hmm. I say the EQ part because there's many of us who are not cut out for that. Now, just because I may have served with a guy from, you know, the deepest part of Louisiana and I never thought we'd be best friends or, you know, I mean, just because you're exposed to so many different people and served with so many different people doesn't mean that you can, you know, just kind of assimilate into the sales role where you're going to just be this incredibly emotionally intelligent person. Uh, the problem is here is I think in some regards, some people look at sales as beneath them. And the other issue is that, you know, now they're having to do that kind of dirty work, uh, which is, you know, the calls and the emails and the follow-ups and the whatever, and that lack of, respects quote unquote that you feel that you don't get mm-hmm. you really mess with your head because you're like yeah. i just volunteered to do x y and z for x amount of years and you're not even going to call me back like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> like it it, it it completely shifts from what your actual goal and execution needs to be to you reframing it into but this is what i did yeah this is you know this is what yeah. i you know so it, it's a very fine line and and you know, it's it's either not for you or very much for you. The decision is yours. Hundred percent agree with that. Hundred percent agree with that. And and you know, I think you talk about the preparation you can do. You know, of of coming out of the service. And I think that that's that's one of the things that, especially if you're looking at a sales role or considering a sales role, talk to somebody who is a veteran who's now in a sales role, especially in the first two years, three years, you know, understanding the grind, if you will, right? Yeah. And just understanding it, you know, because you can't replicate it. Don't get me wrong. You can't replicate it, but at least you start to understand, you know, what it is, right? You know, logistics, you know, operations, but do yourself a service and explore. And maybe you find out, you know, hey, wait a second. You know, I would enjoy competing. I would enjoy you know, not every day being the same. I would enjoy that. Oh, by the way, you know, there's a flip side, right? You have down days. I go home and I have to dust myself off. And luckily I have the, the folks at home that, you know, you still want to see me and have dinner with me. And I come back and, you know, try it again the next day, you know? So 100% agree on, on, on what you're saying. And I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the, you know, just tone it like it is from your perspective. That's, that's great. Let's understand yeah. your piece now. So you go into, a new business. You started. You started a new business, like you said, with no business plan. You come out and say, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do." Did you wake up on like day two and go, you know, "Oh my, now what?" <laughs> I mean, did that ever occur? 
Hell no. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love this move, uh, you know, for me, because I'm going to be able to tell my daughter and my baby on the way in January, uh, we're expecting number two. I cannot wait to tell them, like, I went into the abyss. I made up my mind that I was going to be relentless and unafraid and that I was going to help people. So here's, I'm so glad you asked that. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. If you, in any point, wake up in the beginnings of what you're doing with number one, a lack of patience, and number two, days where you're like, I don't want to do this. You're done. You are done. So for me, I'm going to tell you um, how I did this. I, I, I mean, this is, this is pretty funny. I was 37. I was working for a very, very well-known company. I was making great money. I had a huge Texas house. And my wife saw that I was unhappy. I had been unhappy for so long and for, for these couple of years there, even though I was performing really well. And she, she could just see it. I, I mean, I, I was feeling very guilty. I wasn't uh, being a great husband. I wasn't being a great father to my newborn. All these different things. My work-life harmony, so to speak, was out of whack completely. I was, I was what, I, what I imagine a lot of us go through, just, just kind of collecting this check and being like, what the hell? am I doing? So, um, we decided I was like, I'm done. I'm going to quit and you could take over. You know, I had provided and I realized that although I care deeply about providing for my family, I was doing it with extremely negative byproduct and I wanted her to take the reins. She literally gave me permission to walk away we moved in with my in-laws in rural Virginia in a uh, you know, 3,000-person town. We moved into a 700-square-foot basement from an almost 5,000-square-foot house. And I said, let me explore my curiosities. What do I love to do? And this, Dave, this, this goes all the way back to what do you hate doing because I had now understood. And I said, okay, so now I'm going to look at the other side of that coin. Like, what do I really love doing? I love photography started messing with that. I was like, this isn't going to work out. All I'm doing is buying equipment with money I don't have. Then I started looking at video because I appreciate storytelling through video and music. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll make promo videos. No, nah, that didn't work out either. And then what happened was with uh, Gary V's chief heart officer, uh, Claude Silver, we had been connected on LinkedIn for a while. She had helped me massively get through some of these difficult times at my former company. And she, I wanted to repay her. So I said, can I come up to New York? I got on the train, it was uh, eight hours altogether. And I essentially went planning to offer her to be her kind of personal videographer on the house, which is a crappy plan as well. Um, but she, before I could even finish, she said, I trust you. So I started doing a little bit of work for her here and there, but because she's in a very uh, HR centric role, I couldn't be there for a lot of it. So I just started uh, accompanying her to panels and keynotes um, you know, and things like that. And then we, we just hit it off on the very first, uh, filming I did for her and the cameras are off. We're in the cab and she's talking about deeply personal stuff. I'm talking about deeply personal things, combat life, you know, family, um, you know, drinking too much, like you name it, this long cab ride. We get out at VaynerMedia and she goes, why weren't you filming that? And that's when I realized 
something you asked me in the very beginning. You like to see behind the curtain. There is that curiosity there. And yeah, of course, you were talking about Christmas trees and it was jovial. But people want to know and see behind the curtain of successful people. And that's what I am born to do is to help executives, influencers, prominent leaders help tell their story with video where they are going to be the most visible and they are going to have the most, the biggest opportunity to add value to the masses. And obviously you can tell by how I'm talking about it, how much I care about it. This is not an idea. This is, I literally feel like I found what I'm meant to do. And because of that, the business isn't going to fail. We're doing great. And, you know, next year, I, I, I actually already think my goal for 2020, we're going to hit in Q1. So, so that's what I do. <laughs> I can't even, well, first off, I, I wrote down here, you moved. And oh, by the way, you're expecting your second child in January. So for yeah. that, A, yeah. congratulations and you know, best Thank of luck you. in January. B, I don't, I can only imagine trying to move into a house now. And oh, by the way, you want to set up your office. Heck, you got to set up a nursery. You got to get like everything yep. else going yep. on, right? Yep. So I'm, the reason I'm, I'm, hold on one sec. I'm in my car and I, I wrote this in the email because we had to go visit a nanny because we don't even have <laughs> childcare for our three year old. So, I, but it's a wonderful mess. I love problem solving. It's like, all right. It's awesome. But then, I mean, just going to what you said, you took a leap. You made a plan with the family, which is so important, I think, in terms of a career decision, right? Let's make sure everybody's on board. Let's make sure, yeah. you know, we have a plan together. It's not perfect, but there's a plan, right? You said, hey, let's go after the photo. Hey, that's not going to work. Hey, let's, you know, let's look at the promos. Ah, maybe. And then all of a sudden, now we have it, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you can look and go, man, he just hit it off the bat. No, he didn't. He had to go mm -hmm. a couple times until he found what exactly he is and what he wants to do. And I can hear the passion in your voice. It's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. a great story of, uh, you know, like you said, where you came from, you took the leap, you kind of hit, you know, A and B, but man, you hit it on that third try, if you will, right? And now, mm -hmm. now you're all in. Now you're going yeah. full steam ahead, right? Hundred percent. Yep. How was? I have to ask you. I'm not. I'm not letting you go off of this. I know you're in the car, but I'm. I'm asking one final question. Yeah, How was it let's sitting in front of Gary V? You're an entrepreneur. You're seeing his content out there. You've seen all the podcasts and all the you know, the keynotes that he's done around the world, literally talking about going all in. And here you are as in what, under one year entrepreneur? Yeah, essentially. I, my first, I was about, about 13 months or no, about 15 months. Uh, and then about nine months since I had my first full-time client. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, this is funny. I, I had, it's, 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 I had so many people contact me, but a lot of people were like, how did you get in that, in, in that office? Right. I'm going to tell you when I was at, uh, you know, my former company and I was really unhappy, I came across his content somehow. I essentially was like, this guy is ridiculous and not in a good way. Then I watched, I was like, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Then I watched some more and then I watched some more. And then there's this one piece of content, uh, and it's ironic because he was in Austin when he made it. And that's where I was working mm -hmm. out of Austin, Texas. And mm -hmm. he goes, it doesn't matter what they think. Like it's this two minute rant. And he's like, it doesn't matter what they think. Mm -hmm. And he just talks about 
all these different things and, and they got a very quick, powerful two minutes. I, I would listen to this on my drive every day to work, every day. So I started tweeting, you know, him all the time and all these different things. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to this conference where I see he was going to be the keynote. It was a real estate conference. I had no business at mm-hmm. being at. This was apparently a big real estate conference. Everyone's stressed to the nines. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I paid for a VIP meet and greet. What I did was uh, when I got there, because I had paid for that VIP, I was kind of in some of the closer rows. And guess what? I literally happened to be right there next to the microphone. So I know from watching him that he's really big into Q&A. I'm like, great. This is perfect for me. And I brought one of my squadron patches from when I flew in the Marine Corps. And I'm like, I'm going to make sure I give this to him. So he, he, he goes, you know, we'll get into Q&A soon. And I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm literally sitting pretty much right in front of the microphone. And I, and I go to step up and I look and there's a line a mile long. And I'm like, oh my. And I look at the dude who's crouching down. There's a line, everyone's kneeling or crouching down. I'm like, hey man, I, I'm right here. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. So he lets me, so I introduced myself to him. Uh, and I go and I give him my patch and I gave him a patch for uh, Claude as well because she had been a mentor to me sure. so i did that that was that was iteration number one then i got to go take a picture with him in the back uh, i got to talk to him for a minute and then about eight months later i went to another conference and i had this two minute exchange with him uh, during a q a again because i was super strategic about making sure i was there i told him i donated to his favorite charity that mm-hmm. i've been working with claude that i was living with my in-law that i did this i quit my job blah 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 and he's he just it was this crazy exchange where I was so self-conscious because I'm like, I'm completely ripping people off who want to ask him questions, but it was so intense. So I go, I would love if you would allow me to come to your office for 10 minutes. Uh, he goes, let's do it. So I did that. So a month later I met him. I mean, I think I got three minutes. It was super quick, but it was huge. So I stayed on top of that. And I told you what I do. I interview executives and leaders and these types of things. So what did I do? I met Gary V for five minutes. So what did I do? I made sure I interviewed and posted the videos of my interviews with basically yeah. his entire C-suite on YouTube. Sure. And That's I right. loved them. And they loved me. And I wanted to bring him value. It's not just about getting my butt in his chair again. It's yep. about being, thank you. Thank you. You have no idea what you've done for my life. So let me give something to the people around you who I know work you know, tirelessly for you. So that happened. And I just stayed on it. I was supposed to, you know, have that meeting I just had in spring last year. Then it got moved to summer. Then it got moved to Veterans Day. And then it got moved to December. And you know what? No problem. What the hell am I going to say? <laughs> like, hey, guys, come on. Like, what, what? <laughs> So we go in there. And I'll wrap this up. But, um, you know, I went in very prepared. And the first thing is always gratitude. Like, thank you. Like, thank you. First and foremost, thank you. And then I just told him a couple of uh, the issues I was having with the business, which were, I would say, mental, not logistical or tactical, uh, you know, and he broke it down almost instantaneously. Uh, A guy like that has the answers before you even ask the question. And it was an incredible dialogue. I'm forever grateful. And because of that, I now know what I was going to do in 2020. I'm I'm just going to steamroll that and I'm going to have to set my goals a little bit higher. Yeah. Let me tell you, I know you're sitting in the car, and I know I'm probably getting you in trouble for for running long, but you know what? Let's start with thank you. No, you're good. Thank you for being (laughs) on the show. Thank you for sharing all you did. I mean, I could not have 
asked for a more honest, transparent, heartfelt, you know, ideas on veteran hiring, on transitioning from the service, on how to hire veterans, you know, on your story of entrepreneurship. It is tremendous. If you're not following Rich Cardona on LinkedIn, stop, hit the pause button and do it. It is a tremendous follow. He is going to be and probably is already somebody that is that is rising. I don't even know it yet, but I'm crazy excited to see what you do. Um, and I'll tell you what, the next time you're in Raleigh, we'll have some barbecue, yeah. I promise. Yeah. Hit me up. Hit me up. I'll be on the schedule. I will flex to you. I know you're busy, but man, again, thank you for, for being here. And thank you for everybody who is listening. Thank you. And uh, you know, have a great and safe holiday season. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Take care. Take care.